positions you to speak by the Spirit of God with the life of God about your situation. Last week, we kicked off the month of prayer, and we've been teaching on positioning yourself in prayer. How many of you know that you can position yourself in prayer? Prayer puts you in a position to hear from God. Prayer puts you in a position to hear from God and a place for God to speak with you. How many of you know that God is always speaking? Amen. But how many know sometimes we're not always receiving? There are radio waves even passing through our body and passing through this building right now. Like right now, you can't see it, but there is a radio wave for this microphone to go to that soundboard, and then it jumps back all the way so that you can hear the sound that's coming out of that speaker right there. There's a radio wave. There's a, there's a frequency. There's a wave. And so there is something. But in order for this microphone to be able to pass back to the sound booth and pass through the speakers and for the sound of my voice to come out, there has to be a receiver that's hearing what I'm saying. And so there's times that God is always speaking, but yet sometimes our receiver is not in a place. It's not tuned up to a place that we're able to grasp and hear what God wants us to hear. Last week, we talked about a couple of things. One of those things that we talked about that we need to have in order to have our receiver right is agreement. Everybody say agreement. Another one is for us to have faith. Another one is for us to have forgiveness in our heart. We kind of shared a little bit about that already. But, you know, I want to encourage you that as we receive, the Bible says God does want to speak to you. And so how is he going to speak? He's going to speak by his spirit. Somebody say by the spirit of God. First Corinthians chapter two and verse nine says, but as it is written, I hath not seen ear hath not heard, neither has it entered to the heart of a man, the things which God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. See, by the spirit of God, somebody say by the spirit. By the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God wants to speak into you. He wants to show you and reveal things to you that eye hath not seen, that ear hath not heard. You know, I, I try to encourage these youth and these young uh, kids at our camp and, and, and that we do throughout the year and encourage them that, that, that I'm believing God that, that in that camp and in this room today, even today, that there are people that are doctors, that are lawyers, that, that are going to do great things. I believe that there's going to be, you know, future T.D. Jakes and future Billy Grahams in the, in the camp and, and doing all those things. But yet, how is that going to come to pass? It's got to be revealed by the Spirit of God. It's got to be revealed. You got to get to a place that your receiver can receive what God has said to you. See, spirit led prayer energizes you. The Bible says this in Jude chapter one. It says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We ought to be praying in the Holy Ghost. There's not enough amen on that. How many of you know that we ought to be praying in the Holy Ghost? And if you aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost, then you ought to get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just because you don't understand something, just because you don't fully understand what it means to be baptized doesn't mean that you ought to run from it. Instead, maybe we ought to be educated about what it means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
There is a signal that's always available, but we may have things in our lives in a sense that are blocking the signal for God to speak to us. Number one is, you know, like, for example, this natural receiver, if I didn't plug it into the wall and it didn't have power to it, then it wouldn't be able to receive the signal because there's no power. How many of you at night, whenever you go home, whenever you go to bed at night, how many of you plug in your cell phone before you go to bed? Why? Because you're charging it up. See, when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, it's like charging your spiritual battery, connecting to the power source in order for the receiver to receive what God is speaking to you. And see, God wants to speak to you. He wants to, he's always seeing you. And so number one is, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that may be hindering that signal is agreement. If you are not praying in agreement to God's word, then it's going to hinder the signal. If you're not praying a prayer of faith, how many know that the prayer of faith shall save the sick? And number three is forgiveness. The Bible says this in Mark eleven twenty five. It says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. That's powerful right there. These are some key ingredients that Jesus gives us in order to have a successful prayer life. How many want to have a successful prayer life? Amen. I want to encourage you today. Take some notes today. I'm going to read a couple of things here. One is most of the work of Jesus was done through prayer. Prayer allows God to work. Prayer lays the foundation or the track for the locomotion of God to run on. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer allows God's will to be done on the earth. Somebody say amen. Prayer provides a channel for God to work. Prayer keeps God's desires in our heart. See, if we would get to a place that we are truly praying a scriptural prayer and praying according to the word, then it would keep God's desires in our heart. Why? Because if we're praying scripturally, then those desires are going to be godly desires. I want you to go in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to start with verse 10. I want you to look at this. And we're talking about prayer, the month of prayer. When we pray, we ought to have prayer armor. We ought to have the armor of God on us, that this is a prayer armor. I want you to look at this in verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Somebody turn to your neighbor, punch your neighbor and say, be strong in the Lord. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, and in the power of his might. See, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice that Paul did not say, be strong in the power of your own might. How many know that you can't live according to the power of your own might? Amen. But be, be strong in the power of his might. Everybody say his might. His might. His power. And so it is not something that we have to work up to, but it's something that we must be obedient and be clothed in his might. How many have ever gone to, li- to pray for someone and, you know, at the moment of going up to do something, to speak something or to pray for someone, you didn't have the words, you didn't know what it is that you ought to do exactly, but as you were obedient and listening to the Holy Spirit, as you went to do so, all of a sudden God revealed to you what it is that you ought to say. See, God has things that he wants to identify in your life, that he wants to do in your life, that he wants to, uh, to, for you to receive. And see, we, uh, and so part of that is having the armor that we're not doing it according to our own might, but we're doing it according to his might. And see, put on the whole armor. The Greek says it this way, the complete armor of God. 
God wants you to be clothed in his armor. God gave us clothes to wear. God has chosen to clothe us in righteousness. Many times when people get ready to pray, I said this last week, I'm kind of recap on this a little bit today. They take off the breastplate of righteousness and they kind of throw it over in the corner. And they say, well, Lord, I'm so unworthy. I'm so not good. I can't pray today. Can you just imagine God up in heaven when someone makes a statement like that, when they say, God, I'm just not, I'm just not worthy. I'm just not good. And, and he probably says, can you believe what they're saying? He, he sent Jesus, his one and only son, who suffered and died to make them righteous. He gave us clothes to wear. He gave us armor, but we're laying it over to the side and saying, you know what, God, I'm just not worthy. God, I'm just so unworthy. God, I didn't do this right, and I didn't do that. And by the time you get to the place that you're going to pray, you don't have an ounce of faith because now you put all that unworthiness on instead of putting on the righteousness of God. How many know that your own righteousness that is, is as filthy rags, but God's righteousness, it's what redeems us, amen? How many know you're redeemed from the curse of the law, amen? The Bible says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Everybody say, say so. We have to be clothed with what God wants us to wear. I mean, I don't know about you this morning, but, but maybe you got up this morning and, and maybe you didn't feel like getting dressed. Praise God, I'm glad everybody felt like getting dressed this morning. But what if I decided, you know what, I just don't, I don't feel like wearing pants today and I'm going to show up to Pastor Appreciation and I'm not going to wear pants today. It's not about whether or not I feel like doing it. I do it because I know I've got to put on pants because to come to preach at Pastor Appreciation. But see, the same thing is true when we go to prayer. We ought to say, man, you know what, I've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness when I go to pray. I've got to put on the armor of God when I go to pray, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, and the, and the shield of faith. I've got to put on my armor because when I go to prayer, if not, I'm going to expose myself in a place and in a way that the enemy may come and be able to attack my life, and I'm I might not understand it, but if I don't put on all the armor of God, then I'm vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. And see, God wants you to not be vulnerable to those things. God has given us clothes to wear. He's given us his armor. And look at this in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 12 uh, through 16. I want you to stay there. This is our scripture text today. I want everybody to see it. If you got your Bibles this morning, I want to encourage you to highlight this in your Bible this morning. Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 12 through 16. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about you with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all. Somebody say all. Not some, not the ones you feel like, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Somebody say all. All what? All fiery darts of the wicked. Someone might say, yes, but I can't do it. The word says you can. 
You can't go and say, well, God, but, but you see, I'm so unworthy. God, you don't understand. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I did yesterday. No, God's saying, no, you are righteousness, not by your righteousness, but by what Jesus did. Don't allow the enemy to come in and try to condemn you and try to put something on you that's not supposed to be there. You need to get things right with the Lord. You need to run back to God and not from God. If you messed up, then go to God and say, God, I'm sorry I messed up. God, I'm praying. God, I ask you to forgive me. And now begin to walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So as you do that, even if you don't feel righteous, then that doesn't matter whether you feel like it. You know, this morning, you, I, I might have woke up this morning and I might not have felt saved. I might have stubbed my toe this morning and I might not have felt saved at that moment, but I'm still saved. Amen. I still have Jesus living in my heart. It's not about the way we feel, and it's not about the way we feel in prayer. You know, sometimes I'll hear people, they'll say, well, you know, I just didn't get to that place, that place in prayer where I didn't feel like my prayer went through. If you prayed according to the scripture, it doesn't matter whether you felt like it or not, God heard your prayer. I mean, there's times when I go to lay hands on somebody, the moment that I say, in Jesus' name, amen, that's the moment it's done. I don't have to sit here for an hour and pray and intercede with you. The moment that we pray, the Bible says when two or three come together and agree that the moment that we agree, God says that he's with us according to the word. And the moment I say, in Jesus' name, I believe it's done. I believe that you're healed. The moment that I say, in Jesus' name, be healed, it's done. We don't have to pray for an hour or two hours. I mean, it's good to pray for an hour or two hours. We need to take time and to spend communion with God and have a relationship. But our prayer life not, should not always be, God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to bail me out of this situation. God, I need help in this situation. Our prayer life should com- be communion and relationship with God. I mean, how would you like it if, if every moment of the day, it, it, like I have a three-year-old, you know, I had to provide for my three-year-old. But if all Lexi wanted to do was say, Daddy, I need you to do this. Daddy, I need you to do that. Daddy, I need you to do this. And I didn't just ever spend time and she just said, Daddy, can we just go swing on the swing? You know what that is? That's building relationship with my daughter. That's what God wants to do with us. God doesn't want us to always just come and say, God, I need you to do this. God, I need this to happen for me. God gave us his word. There's many times I think God speaks to us and says, well, I gave you my word. Why don't you speak to the mountain? And see, God has things that he wants us to that he wants to reveal to us in prayer by the spirit of God. Amen. So it goes on to talk about the, the sword of the spirit. It says in verse 16 and 17, above all, taking the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to encourage you. I want to I want to show you this this morning. It says the sword of the spirit, the spoken word of God is the sword of the spirit. We call the Bible our sword. How is it a sword? I want you to get this this morning. It it is the substance that the sword is made of. But it is not the sword until it proceeds out of your mouth. I'd write that down this morning. That the Bible is the substance that the sword is made of, but it is not the sword until it proceeds out of your mouth. There is no life in the Bible until it comes out of your mouth. Until you begin to declare, I want you to think about it, that there was no salvation until you confess Jesus Christ as Lord. The moment you confess Jesus Christ, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, 
moment, that moment that that happened, life came into you and all of a sudden your spirit became a new creation. I could go into the hospital and I could lay a Bible on someone that's sick and you know what, just laying that, that Bible, laying that book on somebody, that's not going to heal them. But the moment that I begin to confess, the moment that the person that's sick begins to confess by Jesus stripes, I am healed, now life has begun to come out and power is released. And until it comes out of your mouth, it won't be received because you have to get to a place that you believe it and you speak it. And that moment, that's when life, that's when the sword begins to become an action. See, prayer positions you to speak by the spirit of God with the life of God about your situation. See, God wants you to get to a place that in your prayer life that you begin to pray and God will give you a word to speak. And when you get to that place and once you receive the word from God, then as you begin to speak it, then life and power becomes to come on it so that you can change your circumstances, so that you can change your situation. You know, your body is like a child. And if you speak to it, if you start saying, man, you know what? I just really don't feel like my, my legs hurt today. I really don't feel like getting up and walking today. Then your, bo- your body is going to hear what you say. Even if you say it on the inside, your body. But if you say, no, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. I'm speaking to your body. I command you to work according to the scriptures. And you begin to do what God's word says. And he will reveal it to you by the spirit of God. Amen. See, in the Greek, it says there was little or uh, I want you to look at this. There was little or no punctuation in the Greek. So we must say, say from uh, studying the verses in 17 and 18, Paul said it this way. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication. I want you to see verse 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. Pretend like there was no punctuation right there and it went immediately into praying always with all prayer. See, we're supposed to take the word of God praying always with all prayer. See, the translator simply put a punctuation in there and because they believe that's where it should be. When you pray the word of God, you are praying the perfect will of God. See, that's what chairs down Satan's strongholds. If you look at Hebrews chapter four, it says this for the word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. How many know that it's God? How many have ever read God's word? And all of a sudden you just knew that God was speaking to you about something. Because when you heard God's word being preached, when you read God's word, all of a sudden now that word became like a two-edged sword and it began to pierce something that you knew that you ought to be living, that you knew that you ought to be doing. And all of a sudden it began to do something on the inside because God's word is like a two-edged sword. But it only becomes a two-edged sword the moment that you speak it, the moment that you hear it. Revelation tells us this. Uh, one translation says, the word of God is a living thing. Revelation 1.16 says, and out of his mouth, Jesus, out of Jesus' mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. You know, how many know that the, the tongue can cut or it can heal? The Bible actually says it this way in Proverbs 12.18. It says, there is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. See, the word of God is health to all our flesh. 
according to Proverbs 4.22. Therefore, we should proclaim that the word of God is held to all my flesh. See, we ought to proclaim what the word of God says. See, you might pray this way. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. And in the name of Jesus, I refuse to bow to sickness or disease. Every disease germ and every virus that touches my body and this body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. You know, you can pray that way and then make your confession every day and thank God. The Bible says praying always, not just when you feel like it. See, the moment that you pray, then you begin to praise and say, God, I thank you. I prayed. God, I thank you. You're answering. God, I thank you, Lord. Father, right now that the answer is on the way. I thank you. I receive my healing. I thank you, Lord. I receive my blessing. I thank you, Lord. I have it. I received it. I mean, when we prayed for salvation, we didn't say, God, I want you to be my Lord. I ask you to come into my heart and save me in Jesus name. Amen. And then walk around and saying, well, I don't know if I'm saved today. God, please save me today. God. And then you go back and you pray it. And then and then you wake up on Tuesday and you say, well, God, I just don't feel saved today. God, will you save me again today? God, will you know what do we do? We go around and we begin to confess and praise God and say, God, I thank you, Lord, on Sunday morning. I thank you, Lord, when pastor preached that until. 1030 on Sunday morning, man, that the word came to me and I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Lord, right now that I am saved. I praise you for it. And you are continually praising God because you had already prayed and you got your answer. Even though you didn't see anything in the natural, you know that you know that you know that you're saved because you prayed according to the scripture. The same is true in every area in your life. You've got to get to a place that God will reveal it to you with the confidence in your spirit. Amen. Galatians chapter five tells us about the works of the flesh. I want to live according to the works of the spirit. Amen. See, Paul said that if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. And see, this is not just the power of positive thinking. This is the power of God's word. God's word is powerful. God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. God's word is, it can discern between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God knows what you're thinking the moment that you say it. God knows your intention. God knows your heart. And see, it is God's creative power is the ability of God released when you pray the word of God. God's creative power is released the moment that you pray the word of God of God. See, if you position yourself to pray, you've got to position yourself for the creative power of God. I want you to think about the creative power of God that's spoken to the world into existence. That same creative power lives on the inside of you. And the moment that we would hook up and connect to it and begin to confess it and, and speak it, all of a sudden it would change our life. It would change our situation. See, take the things God has said about your situation and put them in prayer form. Here's a simple way to do that. Let me give you this example before we go. It says, say it this way. Father, in Jesus' name, I am the body of Christ. I overcome evil with good. Satan has no power over me, for the greater one dwells in me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. No evil will befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And for he has given his angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways, and in my pathway is life. I thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against me will prosper, but whatever I do will prosper. 
and I am like a tree planted by the rivers of water. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I have all sufficiency in all things. I, I do abound to do all good works, for my God has made all grace abound towards me in Jesus' mighty precious name. That's praying according to the scripture. You know, man, we should pray that before we go. We'll repeat that. We'll pray that before we go today. Every word is based on the word of God in that prayer. You are proclaiming the answer, not the problem. You have positioned yourself to receive from God through prayer. When you pray and proclaim the answer through God's word and not the problem.